And we're back. I'm James. This is the Chris Brown. <laughs> I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. <laughs> we got him. We got him right before we started recording. He, he may or may not have just uh, suggested he was going to elbow me in the face. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, guys. Welcome back, Luke. Yeah. Hey, thank you. People missed you. Uh, I miss being here. You know, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and Brent, we'll get to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, get to me later. How was your weekend, James? Good. Give me the rundown. Did you do anything worthwhile? Sh- huh? Did you do anything worthwhile? I had a sleepover and stayed there for like yeah, three hours. James had one of those sleepovers where we like he didn't come home from school. He amazing. Ran home at like eight forty-five because it's around the corner to get stuff. We weren't home, so I, you know we saw him on the camera. And then he didn't come home until halftime of the Grizz game yesterday. <laughs> no, it was fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. So it was like one of those uh, you know sleepovers where you just disappear for thirty-six hours. Mm-hmm. He seems pretty proud of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great, man. It's kind of the age. It happens with my youngest too. We won't see her for three days. <laughs> what do you think of uh first week of the NFL? Anything weird? The Browns beat the Bengals by a lot. I know. Joe Burrow got paid and then they did nothing. Well, they benched yeah, him. Yeah, he took the court. Well, they didn't bench bench him, but they just decided the game was in hand. Yeah. What about Brock Purdy today? He was good. Yeah. Silence those haters. The haters on the podcast that asked if he knows how to throw anymore. Yeah, what do you think about them getting rid of Trey Lance? Are you okay with that? Yes. What do you think about the general manager? Fire him. You think we should fire John Lynch? (laughs) (laughs) We fall somewhere in between on that. I do not think we should fire John Lynch. Yeah, we should. But it is interesting. I mean, like that trade, it made little sense at the time and makes a lot less sense now. Tyree killed Jalen Waddell, Bradley Chubb. For an FCS quarterback that did nothing. Yeah. Boy. We got nothing to push back on. Yeah, yeah no. no. The North Dakota State fans that listen to us though, are going to be upset. So be prepared for the hate mail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, James, they're coming after you, dude. You were at NDSU. You're good. All right. James, anything else we Fair need to talk to you about this week? No. What do you think of the Grizz game? That was good. It's kind of. That's it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did anything impress you about the Grizz? Did you see anything that you said that I like that? That's gonna be beneficial. It'll have some carryover benefit in conference play. Nick Osmo. Nick Osmo. Yeah, yeah. Good to have him back, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, would he be your player of the game? Yeah, probably. I think so. Who would be a second choice? Mm. Probably you like Gilman again. Oh, not Clifton McDonald. Okay. Stop pushing your propaganda. Another week. (laughs) Fatherly influence, I see here. I didn't say a word until he already gave you the look. So, uh. He started. You said it was his mistake. Yeah. (laughs) Hot take. Still feel that way. We'll get there. We're, we're gonna, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. For he sure. played a little over three quarters. 
I was going to say this when I tweeted questions for the pod. I was like, I'm sure Mike's going to be mad about something with the quarterbacks. <laughs> what What do we know about our QB situation now? Look, we what might, new thing we might know all we need to know. I don't know. Do we? Dude can't I throw. Yeah, yeah. People are going to say he's 6 or 9 or he whatever. He still does better than you could. Well, yeah. I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. I'm not a D1 scholarship athlete. I'm hosting a podcast on a Sunday night and drinking beer with my friends. I'm getting judged by my son and keeps getting older in front of our eyes. So, James, I, I, I can't help but notice in Warrior Contested Picks last week, uh, you kind of you laid a couple eggs. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Picks, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, but uh, I think you picked uh, Northern Iowa to beat Weber. I think you. No. Did, you picked Weber to win that. Mm-hmm. Okay, your dad's got the receipts. I thought you picked Northern Iowa. I think you picked Nevada though, didn't you? I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised everybody. Did you? And you, you picked South Coast. Oh yeah, State, he definitely you? picked Weber over Northern Iowa. Okay. He was San Jose State oh. over Cal Poly. Okay, so he did okay. Though. Wyoming over Portland State. North Dakota over NAU. All right. Incarnate Word, Weber over Iowa, Northern Iowa. Pick Nevada. Woof. Uh, Utah State. Well, okay, so you only missed one. You Oregon missed State one. over Davis, Fresno State over Eastern, Sac State, South Dakota State. Okay, so what was your miss? Uh, uh, Nevada. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's yeah, a fair Eastern. That's a fair miss. For some reason, I thought you picked the other way out of you. So I was going to give you a hard time, but nice now I stand corrected. <laughs> James, do you want me to fly through the upcoming games this Saturday? Can you give me some picks? Mm-hmm. I'm going to open with a really, really difficult one. You ready? Weber State plays Utah. Not like Utah Commerce A&M or Utah Technological Institute, but just Utah. The Utah. Weber. Wait, no! Oh, too no. late. Lock it in. No. Pick Utah. Utah Tech. That's the, that's no. The, this the is the Utah team. Utes. Yeah. Defending Utah. Pac-12 champions. They looked a little shaky last week, though. But anyways, uh, okay. But Cam Rising was out. They pulled it out, but that's true. Okay. Speaking of Utah Tech, Owen two Utah Tech goes to Flagstaff to play Owen two Northern Arizona. NAU. Yeah, that's an easy pick. Uh. Uh, battle of recent has-beens. Uh, 0-2 Southeastern Louisiana Lions go to Cheney to play 0-2 Eastern Washington. Sela. Ooh, okay. Um, North American University, who is so irrelevant to their ESPN logo, is a gray badge with a slash through it saying they don't know what it is, <laughs> plays 0-2 Portland State. Portland State. Yeah. Oh, Northern Colorado goes to Washington State. Washington State. Okay. Owen to Northern Iowa goes to Owen to Idaho State. You and I. Okay. Okay. Sac State two and zero plays one and one Stanford. Now that's Troy Taylor playing his old squad. Stanford got. Housed by USC, yeah. but it was USC. I don't really know if they're gonna pull off another upset like that. Be an interesting one. I don't think so. What do you think, dude? I think Stanford would. Stanford. Yeah. Uh, another. It would be close. Probably. Close game though. Stanford pulls it out. Okay. Um. Another team with no logo, Lincoln, California. Cal Poly. Plays Cal Poly. Um, 
Southern Utah 0-2 plays UC Davis. Mm, UC Davis. Okay, here's undefeated 2-0 Stetson. <laughs> Goes to Bozeman. We're at University of Stetson. They're called like the Stetson Hats or something like that. It's some you know, Hatters. Hatters. They're from Florida. They're in the same conference as uh, uh, Butler. Montana State. Oh, Pioneer League Butler. Yeah. Um, okay. Idaho goes to Cal. Idaho was already doing better than we thought they'd do. Yeah. 2 and 0 Idaho. Yeah? Yeah? What do you think, James? You're going Cal. Final one, Fair State in Montana. Montana. You're going with the Grizz. There we go. All right, buddy. Last James, week of non-conference play. James, uh, Coulter Nuana sent us some research, um, I think because he wanted you to know it. <laughs> Fair State's coach is 117 and 17 in 13 seasons at Ferris State. Dang. Before that, he was a high school coach for 28 years. 22 years as a head high school coach, he went 195 and 41 and won three state championships. Then he coached Grand Rapids Community College for three years, went 30 and four and won two national titles. <clears throat> Career 846 win percentage, 342 and 62. Dang. That's pretty good. Duh. Yeah. It's probably going to be our toughest game of the pre- pre-conference slate, isn't it? <coughs> whoa, whoa. Kazunte. Dang. You think so? Mm-hmm. What do you right. think? Think so? So you're picking? Montana. All right. <laughs> All right, James, I'm checking to see if we got some questions for you. Do, 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 do. But it does not look like it. All right. Anything no. else for us, bud? Oh, wait. Hang on. We oh. got Everett usually has one for James. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, no, no. Everett just says, you know, you're you're, uh, you're dialed in, man. So yeah, no questions for you, buddy. None this week. You had a handful last week, and mm-hmm. you get the week off. Anything else? Mm-hmm. All right. Go you got take a, game a shower, to watch, don't you? <laughs> get the showers, kid. <laughs> Commercial break. <laughs> Cut his mic so that he's going to come back. He's going to come running. He back gets ruder and ruder to me every week. <laughs> <laughs> Scooting around in the back. Um, I don't know where to start. So let's just start with Brent. You were on the flight. Let's yeah. just go there. Okay. Despite us having no video evidence, because the university didn't share that. How did you get on the flight? So uh, I'd mentioned this uh, a couple pods ago, right? Uh, won the QB club uh, scramble. Um, definitely not because I am the, uh, uh, a great golfer, but I did have great golfers on my team. <laughs> but the QB club scramble is a little bit more of a shakedown, and so you play a lot of games, and you pay money, and it's, it shaves strokes, and... Uh, we just we just came prepared to spend some bucks and and uh, successfully won. We actually tied with the ABC Fox Media team, um, and they were really not wanting to win the trip because they go on the trip anyways. So um, worked out great. Um, I, uh, only one other guy from my team 
uh, was able to make it. The other two, well, one of them, Jay, lives in Seattle in the team charter. He just couldn't talk uh, <laughs> the team organizers into, you know, making a detour to Seattle to get him. So, uh, but yeah, it, it was a, it was, it was a fascinating 36 ish hours that uh, really gave me kind of a look at what the other side, like what a player and what the coaches and what the staff and the athletic trainers and all the people that make Grizz football go gives you just a little bit more of a look of what their day in life is. And I realize, like, as I was with like the boosters and the staff, I only still just saw a little bit of a, the surface of it. But it was really, it was really fascinating. <clears throat> we uh, we met, so we I got an email Wednesday from uh, Jimmy Morimoto, the uh, kind of the I have to look his title up. I, I, I don't want to like shortchange it, but he's like the the total operations guy of all of Grizzly football, and it basically said be at campus around three ten, but no later than three forty five. Buses leave. Uh, we're going to take you to the airport. And then it had this kind of time block schedule. We're going to arrive in St. George at this point. We're going to go to the hotels. <clears throat> Next day, buses are leaving for the stadium at whatever it was, 445, but please be early. And then it kind of outlined all the rest of the things. So you get to campus, um, hop on the bus. All the, you know, the coaches and the coaches are on the buses with the players, but they are in suits and ties. They are, they are dressed formally. And so is the staff, uh, you know. Uh, all the guys we see at QB Club and Greg Sumberg and Kent Haslam and all these guys, they are suits and ties, they're dressed out. And we get on the bus, it takes us right to the tarmac. We go through a gate. We do not go through airport TSA security. Um, you walk out on the tarmac, and there's an Allegiant charter flight waiting for us. Um, took a little while to get through because they still do security and all that stuff. They had a snack station outside, so they were able to get some, some like Powerade and water and stuff like that. Um, and a direct flight, hour and a half. And we landed at the St. George Regional Airport, which appears to be a bunch of private hangars and a, gi- <laughs> and a giant asphalt runway. And that's it. And buses waiting there to pick us up, drop us to the hotel. Get to the hotel, it is like a beehive of activity because the team equipment truck that left a few days earlier is there. And we've seen this because we happened to stay at the team hotel. Yes. In, uh, when we went to Weber last year. Last year. And it is... It's quite, that is quite the operation, getting everybody checked in very efficiently. Yep. So you got like uh, Colson Randall and Ryan Martin, two, uh, two of the guys within athletics. They get there a day earlier, and they're making sure that, you know, these 100-plus people have every single hotel room, meeting space, and all this, just the whole thing. You just they, – they got locked in. You get out, and they're like – for us, they're like – because they took – the team took a whole hotel, and so we hopped over to the neighboring hotel just across the parking lot. Uh, and we just pick up an envelope. It's got our keys in it. It's got a separate schedule of everything, uh, of all the other events and the meals and et cetera, and away we go. Uh, the next day, uh, since the game kicked at 7, we basically had a, kind of a free day. So, uh, so I, I was uh, tagged in as well too, but uh, the guy with me, uh, Justin, and then Sean Rainey and Coulter Duanos, we played uh, the Sand Hollow Championship course, and um, – it ha- it, a fun course, link style, uh, playing in the desert in a hundred degree heat was an experience for golf. Uh, I did not play great by any stretch of the matter. Uh, very first hole, one, uh, one of our guys hit, loses the ball kind of into the waist on the right, and we go to look for it, and here is a giant snake. And there are snakes, there are spiders, there are scorpions, there's rabbits, and there's chipmunks everywhere on this course. Um, 
It was fascinating. It was blisteringly hot. Well, in a desert, can they still make the grass, like the coarse green? It was it was fairly green. I mean, okay. it wasn't like the green we, we see here so much, but a lot of sprinklers. Um, right beyond it was a giant reservoir. I'm guessing there's probably a, a pole of water or some sort of use for that. I, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I took a handful of pictures and such, but uh, the back nine on this course was, I mean, so, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the course, like, they, they kind of work through, like, the topography of, oh, yeah. of the red rocks and all this stuff like this. But then when you get onto the back nine, it's literally like fairways cut into the cliffside with, like, a giant drop below you. And, and um, the holes that you play with, like, just all these different formations and all this other stuff. It's so crazy. You, if you really shank one, though, you're in, like, rattlesnake country? Yeah, well, that's, we're like... Just don't go get it. That, yeah. I mean, that was decisions we made. It's like, yeah, it's like, I hit a few. I'm like, that's what the snakes... <laughs> that ball's gone. I'm not going for it. You rented so. your equipment anyway, right? No, I didn't. Oh, you brought your... Yeah. Got, what? I got a little pro tip from Sean Rainey. That equipment truck has a lot of extra space in it. Oh, my God. We weren't the only people to do this stuff like this either. So, um, yeah. I'm surprised you never I mean, I guess like most of the people who are. I mean, it was pretty well known. Like, we had our golf clubs under the bus, and our golf clubs were sitting next to the truck. And the I mean, I don't think it was some top secret. Uh, one of the police officers that travels with brought his mountain bike, and he went mountain biking through the day, for the day. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, uh, kind of a cool setup. Um, we get back. So, we're golfing in 100 degree heat. We are pretty wasted in the sense just from being out in the sun um we opt not to go with the team to the stadium because they leave two hours for like 20 minutes before the game and there's nothing to do on the utah tech campus <laughs> uh there's no bars on what do you mean <laughs> it's a dry campus yeah. oh, and, so no uh, tailgating at all no no t- uh, there was like a little party fun zone area with like bouncy houses and uh things like that mm-hmm. but uh it didn't really seem like just a different be. different vibe okay different vibe yeah so uh we've talked a little bit about the uh, odd alcohol laws in utah as a whole and southern utah was a little different um only one drink in front of you at a time can't have multiple drinks um no doubles no nothing like that so you know these sound like good laws for you yeah, it you does, it tend is. to embarrass yourself I do. i've been in bars yeah. with you doing guinness counts yeah well that was younger <laughs> me like at least two years ago so <laughs> um, definitely spent a lot of time at Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, being the premier you know bar scene of uh, St. George, Utah. <laughs> but I tell you guys, um, for the game though, the heat, and I know I tweeted this, but like not having spent a lot of time in the desert, desert heat is it's a dry heat, but it doesn't go away. Like in Missoula, when the sun sets, like right now as we're recording, the sun's down, and what it was eighty, and now it's, it's seventy. It's dropped ten degrees. When that game kicked, it was 99 degrees. Oh, my God. When, when we left the stadium at, like, 10.30, 10.45, it was 92 degrees. I mean, it was just – you were just, like, in a sauna the whole time. We actually lucked out. I, we did not uh, – Justin and I did not get sideline passes, so we stood in the shade for part of the game, and then we moved over to the seats once the sun set. But we talked to people that had sideline passes. There's a track around the field, and they're on the field – and there was no seats, and they had just no escape from the heat. <laughs> they were absolutely just uh, worn out. But, uh, yeah, and then the whole organization, uh, getting home, making sure these kids uh, get fed right after the game and get fed before they get on the plane, and then we get on the plane, and then we got to do all this other stuff. Got home, uh, 
got to my house it was it was i think a quarter to three definitely had to shower another time on my head hit the pillow at three fifteen in the morning give or take and, oh no yeah so i'm a little fo- i'm a little you, foggy today but you woke <laughs> up today right in time for nfl kickoff yeah i think <laughs> it was like yeah 9 45 10 o'clock or so but uh it was uh i I'd, I'd put this up online though i just it's it was such an interesting look at the amount of detail and organization that I think us fans tend to not think about um, with the training staff and with, you know, all like the hotels and the meals and all these extra things and all this other stuff that that, uh, all these people put into for just one uh, singular game. Uh, The other thing that was just, I mean, seemed interesting to me. I told you guys this before we started recording, but uh, before you take off, Bobby walks the whole up down of the plane and, talks to everybody usually it's just a quick hi how are you but uh like everybody yeah so we're like sitting in the back and bobby's in his this like gray suit with a purple tie he's got this big old grin he's just kind of working his way down the plane and he's talking to and then he kind of gets back to us and it's you know it's the it's the training staff it's the it's the uh it's everybody and then the some of the other boosters that were on the flight and then the the highway patrol that uh, travels with and and uh, the doctor and, and all this and and me and <laughs> and uh, and uh, my buddy Justin who was on there who Bobby didn't know him and he didn't know Bobby and so that was <laughs> but he asked everybody he's like you ready to go and that was like his thing when he closed when we get done talking he's like he'd be like all right Luke you ready to go so we'd be like yeah and then we get up <laughs> in the air and then uh, the one of the one of the um, Keaton the recruiting coordinator um, comes back and hands everyone a. Uh, like a thank you card signed by Bobby. It says, you know, we appreciate you being here. And then had a just one of the like the red night, like one of the Grizz Nike hats that you can't find anywhere else. And they're like it's like a fishing style hat. It's it's like one of these waterproof type things, I think. And asked you to wear the hat to the game. So got like a little little gift and everything for going to it. So hell yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean, it's it was a wild amount of coordination. It was fun. It was it was exhausting and. Holy cow. And all because you were supporting the QB club. That's right. GoGrizz.com slash QB club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing experience. When we were loading the bus, last thing I'll say on this, and then we can move on to the game. Yeah, he really is dragging I know. My, oh, my God. Um, yeah, cause some people just want to hear from James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me that person also doesn't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kent Haslam uh, uh, says to me, he's like, He's like, he's like, hey, we got the yeah. He's like, won the game, won the game. I'm like, yep. And he goes, you know what this means, right? <laughs> this means you need to go, you need to do this on all of the, tr- the away trips. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but I was reflecting. Last time I saw Chris win a game was on the road it was 2015, the cat game. Oh. Been a minute. Last time I went to Idaho, we won. You did, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. so. Anyways, that was my experience. I got a bunch of photos. I'm gonna. I was gonna kind of bundle them up because I just kind of took a bunch of like little random ones just to kind of show what it looked like and I'll tweet them out maybe sometime tomorrow but uh, real 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 cool trip great experience yeah I kind of wish it was a day game that was the only <laughs> thing because then we just would have got up gone to the game and I would have been home at like 6pm or 7pm and I could have watched the fun night games so now we okay. are gonna. You're gonna empathize with Bobby not liking night games. I, you know what? I kinda get it. It's three a.m. when I got home, man. And most of those guys are reporting back to the office the next morning to start going over scouting for Ferris State, right? 
Yeah, like, is, do they get like Monday off? I, the staff? I, that I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. We got uh, Marcus Well now wants to come on the pod in the next couple of weeks, talk NIL stuff. It cool. might be a good question to ask him. Yeah. Hmm. So that was my experience. It was, it was It was cool. Very cool. And I really appreciate what athletics does to help these kids win a football game. Wild. Well, let's jump into the game. Yeah. Let's jump into that game. We won. We're 2-0. and That's got to feel good. We have a quarterback. <laughs> Hold on. Like, I know you're trolling me. Do you honestly believe that? Like, no. No. <laughs> well, well, okay. I partially believe it. I mean, we do have a quarterback. Did you even watch the game? I did watch the <laughs> game, <right>. Michael. <laughs> because, I mean, if you guys think that, fine. And maybe we do. And he could be it. And this could be the start. But nothing, nothing that he did this weekend in any way should solidify in anyone's mind that he's clearly better than no. Vidlak. Like, sure, maybe he should be the starter next week, whatever. But our passing game has been almost non-existent to me we played a really bad utah tech team and unless our offense is going to be the spread them out and then have this run whatever thing that we were running with mcdowell we wasted most of that game let's say let's say the inverse rushing attempts and passing attempts occurred would you think? Would you say the same? Like we've wasted development time for running backs. No, no, I would not, because I don't think that uh, running back is a position that we are worried about right now. I'm looking at the overall like Big Sky Conference offense, uh, offensive statistics, and we've you know of the twelve teams, we're sitting at nine. So like four from the bottom on pass attempts. We've had 50. We've went 30 of 50, right, 60% mm-hmm. with two touchdowns. Um, I think that's just going to be our identity. Like with the rushing yeah. attempts so far, we are first overall in rushing. Or no, excuse me. <laughs> that was that was another that was another stat, but with the rushing attempts, <laughs> yeah, no, we are at the top. We're at 102 rushing attempts. Hell yeah, more than the cats. Don't get me wrong. Like nice. that, I, like I, I don't mind this. It's been fun to watch the running game. Like, it was fun to watch McDowell run the offense. Yeah, I actually thought it was less exciting this game than it was the second half of the game before. Way less. But um, I mean, well, well we just beat the hell out of him. I mean, it was over fast. Um, but I guess like unless we are okay being one dimensional, I think we need to figure out how to do this. And people are going to be like, McDowell completed sixty five percent of his passes, but yeah. they weren't like there was nothing in there, especially early in the game when we by the time we were up twenty six nothing, he was like six of nine. But none of them were anything that I would say. showed us anything against that would, would, would play out against a better defense. I mean, Nick Osmo is our leading receiver in terms of catches and yards. Yeah, I think this is going to be our team identity. So we, we, we've rushed the most past the fourth least. Yeah. 
And that's probably an artifact of them not being super comfortable with the offense yet. I mean, these are Could new be. quarterbacks. New guys. Yep. I mean, I, this is what I truly think. And I, I'm, I, I really enjoy messing with Mike when it comes to quarterbacks. So I, a lot of my stuff, I'm, it's a little tongue in cheek. So, but I, I felt like last week Butler was let's open this with Vidlack and go with a more pass-heavy focus and see how it goes, give him the half, and then we're going to blend it in. And this week, it's like, okay, we're going to open with McDowell and go far more rush-heavy and see how it goes. So last week, we're Vidlack making a first career start college game, essentially, of his career. Pretty well, a little shaky, but then, you know, game was a one-point game, and so summon McDowell, and McDowell kind of puts it away, so people kind of latch on to that a little more where this week uh mcdowell opens and utah tech is not as not as good as butler not that either school i don't think is that good butler might be okay but nothing like of a competitive type of nature team so uh the game's in hand and by the time vidlack comes in um it's not the same sense of urgency or a need for execution and it's it's late later in the game and it's a it's a first road game it's a night game it's red it's it's still hot as hell out there and you know he threw he threw a nice little touchdown i mean he was you know still six for nine passing and a touchdown um had a near pick that was a bad throw but i mean mcdowell had a near pick as well too so i just we didn't really get to see much in the pass game it felt like week one was let's start pass heavy and see how it goes. Week two is let's start run heavy and see how it goes. So it kind of played to each guy's strength. Mm-hmm. But what I just wonder is, so is Ferris State going to be blend it? Or is it going to be we're just like we looked at the first four games. Are we going to go back to pass heavy with Ferris State? And then we're going to go back to run heavy with NAU. And then UC Davis does know what we're going to do. And we're going to just throw the full thing at them. I, just, I think we're testing things with guys that haven't had a lot of reps at the job. And they're hoping to further develop an identity. And so I, quarterback is definitely not decided, but I think what we have found is that if we just – if our identities run heavy, we've got our quarterback, and it's McDowell. But it I mean, shouldn't be. It's, do, it's big problems do if we, we are. Do we have the team to be run heavy outside of – I mean, we have the offensive line and we have the running backs to be run heavy. Yeah. But do we have the defense to be run heavy? <sighs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, where my concern is coming from is, I feel like we are going to need a passing offense, yeah, to to win some of the games we need to win this year. You know, you see what Idaho did this week. I mean, you even think about Sack Davis. You know, the Cats are going to run the ball on us most likely. You know, just looking at how yeah. they run the game versus where our struggle has been so far. And I just I I wonder and maybe it should have been McDowell, that's fine, but should we have not run an offense that focused more on what we're going to need to do right. in the regular season? And that's what I mean. It's not so much a Vidlack versus McDowell thing. Although I tend to think that if McDowell if this is the offense we're gonna run with McDowell, he doesn't need as many reps to figure this out. Well he's shown he's got it. He's he's got it. So I mean Vidlack you know, one career start. What does this do for his confidence? Maybe he doesn't have it yet. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's not seeing the field. Maybe they saw some things on tape and they're like, hey, he's not quite there yet. And that could be true. Sure. 
Um, but it kind of makes me, again, go back to the bigger, like, developing a QB conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we're going to let a sophomore start for one game and then not even let him <laughs> figure out in a preseason against bad opponents how to get better, why would a young QB come here? Like, why? I don't know. Do you, do you think could – you, could you be happy a situation where we had two quarterbacks – yeah, I mean, I could be happy with both of them. I actually, I am not, I'm not opposed to McDowell starting and taking the majority of the snaps. I just think that to do that, it can't just be the offense we saw on Saturday. It no. needs to be an offense that pushes the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a lot of talented receivers. We got playmakers there, and in this league, with our defense maybe being a little bit more bend than don't break than previous years, we're going to need to be able to move the ball. I know it's a little tough to make comparisons across the conference at this time due to the variety of uh, non-conference opponents, but we we are leading the league in defensive rushing right now. We're at 72 yards a game we've given up. All right. Like, that's a that's the type of defense, run defense we could have and still be a run-heavy offense. Don't you think, Mike? I don't think you even believe what you're asking. <laughs> you know, looking at him. Maybe, maybe I've just become too much of a jaded realist over the last year. You know, it's just a lot going on. I'm just trying to get you to hype, you know, entertain some hypotheticals. Um, yeah, we are going to need to see a more efficient pass game uh, to compete with the top tier Big Sky Conference teams, for sure. I think we. I don't think we're a lost cause at this point. Oh, no, not at all. Hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I think we've got a lot of people that want to see more in the passing game. I think we know what the running game has. My hope is these next two weeks it's more pass game focused for confidence and growth. And Fair State is a D2 team, right? Correct. A tremendously good the, D2 team. But they are the NDSU of D2. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer, yeah. Okay. Have, when was the last time the Grizz lost to a D2 team? Bobby out, 2004, NDSU. 2003. Um, there's also a scary in Central Washington when that Riley yeah, kid was QB, the yeah, Cowboy kid. Yeah, kick a field goal. Yeah. yeah. That was 2009? Eight or nine? Eight. One of those two. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Um Let's finish recapping this game, though, before we uh, move on. Um, Osmo. Yeah. It's fun to see him back out there. I, I at first didn't understand the running back reps, but then, you know, Bobby said something last week about, you know, some of the guys that didn't play as much last week. It's because they were they missed parts of fall camp. And right. He's like, you know, you gotta you gotta reward the guys who played in camp. Mm-hmm. And we saw that I think with Jan Caro a bit in the linebacking room, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, and they both play a lot more. And obviously, Asmo looked great. I still think Gilman's probably the workhorse. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's a I I really like the Gilman Osmo oh, X. Yeah, I, I think I think Xavier looks better than he has. I think he rolls off tackles better than he used to. Yeah. Um. I don't know that there's room for anybody else to get major playing time from that room, which kind of begs the question of why Young played at all. Yeah, yeah. they used this. They used one of his four highly recruited Iverson Young, Iverson Young <clears throat> running yeah. back. Yeah, played the last three offensive series. Um, I think it was one of the questions where people, I think on Twitter, were 
wondering if that was worthwhile or not. Because Gilman, last year, we waited till the end of the season when we were a little dinged up at running back to lean on the young talent. Yeah, we have Isaiah Childs. We do. Like, and he played last night. Right? Yeah, last night. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why burn, why burn a game on... Where's Young from? Young. Texas. Oh, that could be it. He's used to playing in the heat. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, I was thinking, is it like a like his family was close, so this is one of the games they told him he'd play this year? Maybe. Yeah, it just doesn't be. make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, played the whole fourth quarter. What, he had uh, had a couple of rush attempts, right? Five for ten yards? Nine yards, I guess, technically. So we got three more to use the kid through the year. I think presumably the the belief has to be that while this kid is an up-and-coming talent, he is a true freshman, and he's not really the guy we want to rely on this year. So let's just get him some early reps. So, yeah. It's going to be a crowded running back room next year. If everybody stays. Because Osmo's a redshirt junior. Right, right. X has years, obviously Gilman. He's got four. Childs is... God, he's he's got to be a redshirt junior too. I think I think most of our running backs are <laughs> three. And then Gilman as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, running game looked good. Uh, Nick Osmo surprises people with how fast he is. Just like you. Just like me. <laughs> Surprise people on the peloton. Not really with my running abilities. <laughs> um, O line O line looked good. I uh, mean they 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 ran block. They did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. I wonder if there was a strategy in the game. They rotated guys at O-line. Well, it was 100 degrees. So, yeah, I wonder if they were just subbing guys out to keep them fresh. But the guy that I observed, and I think I tweeted about this, Brandon Casey had a day. I mean, whoever – there was a number 91 for Utah Tech. I think Casey had him flat on his back every series and was (laughs) rubbing his tummy in his face all the time. (laughs) All the time. I think he made that kid quit football that night. It was crazy. You took the football out of him? Yeah, oh, definitely took the football out of him. The Grizzly drive chart for the first half was TD, TD, punt, TD, punt, TD. <laughs> yep. Like, after that, what do you – I mean, you're just trying to run as much clock as possible. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, yeah, second half They was... were up, what, 36 nothing at halftime or 30 – 36-0. And then yeah. they got 42-0 and then – Tech scored some garbage time points. Yes, they did. And somebody tried to point out to me today that the yards were only 30 different. And it's like, holy cow, you didn't watch the game. <laughs> like, yeah. But defensively, I mean, there were some times that the secondary had some lapses, it felt like. So there, there's a learning curve there. Agreed. Agreed. Um, maybe. So one of the concerns that I have, and I think I'd put this up in my post game write up, was I. I feel good with our starting defensive secondary group and a couple of the safety guys that rotate in. Um, I don't know about the lapses and breakdowns, but most of Utah Tech's big shots were against, I'm going to guess, second string to maybe third string. Mm -hmm. But holy cow, guys were suddenly very open for Utah Tech often. And so, um, you know, you're an injury away from losing a starting corner or starting safety, and you got to plug one of these guys in. So... My hope is that there's a lot that has been learned because uh, Butler had a couple deep shots on some of our second-string guys as well, too. And there was their touchdown goes wide open. Uh, yeah. Blown, blown coverage. I mean, the, 
the Gradney forced fumble, that guy was wide open too. Trevin just caught up to him. I yeah. don't know who the responsibility was on it. Trevin caught up to him and ripped the ball out of his hands. So, yeah. Speaking of which, Trevin Gradney, two games, three turnovers, forced. Incredible one-headed pick right in front of where we were standing. Right. I mean, I don't know that the interception could get cooler than his one last week. Yeah. That was pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's on a roll. And he's uh, he's definitely a vocal guy on the bench. Got to notice that. <laughs> Good, because that's a, sitting that, behind that is a, a void that needs to be filled in. He is. Uh, he definitely uh, carries a lot of emotion and uh, excitement with um, the way he plays football. All right. I appreciate uh, that kid on our team. And he, we recruited him at a high school, right? He came from Billings. Yeah. 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 He's not a transfer. No. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. At first, I thought our defense didn't because we only had what well, we only had like one or two sacks, right? Riley Wilson had a real nice sack. Um, yeah, uh, and then um, I think what are we credited two total sacks in the game? But they've got seven or eight credited quarterback hits, and so it's kind of interesting. I remember coming away from the game thinking I'm worried about our defense not being able to get the quarterback on the ground. But then as I got to reflecting on it, there were a lot of plays where that pass play was disrupted because that quarterback was both quarterbacks that Utah Tech played. Kid was getting lit up the moment he's letting the ball go. So at first I was a little worried about pressure, but upon a little bit more reflection from what I saw, they're they're close and it's close enough that's causing disruption. And we had three interceptions in the game. Two are, I think, good products of pressure in the face of the QB. So it's working. It's getting a little better. All right. That's my thought. Yeah. Kind of quick reads of the box scores here. Uh, Clifton McDowell, 7-10, 94 yards, sacked twice. Are you saying he showcased his air-passing prowess? Yeah, wasn't that weird? The Missoulian was like, McDowell shows his arm and win over. (laughs) And I mean, it's like the guy completed seven passes for 94 yards. Like, don't get me wrong. McDowell played... Good. He did exactly what was needed. But nothing about the offense was that impressive. I mean, we were McDowell was 7 for 10 for 94 yards. Vidlock was 6 for 9 for 41 and a touchdown. Chris Brown was 0 for 2. So 13 for 21, 135 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Three sacks. Yep. Um, Nick Osmo, 12 for 118. Uh, Eli Gilman, 16 for 78. Both those guys had two touchdowns. X had 6 for 29. Uh, Clifton was nine for twenty six. So I mean, I guess the sacks kind of take away from that a little bit. Two point nine this game, so not quite the same. But um, Isaiah Child six for twenty six. Iverson Young five for ten. Um, so fifty seven attempts, two hundred sixty two net yards, four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Um, receiving, like you said, yeah. nothing great. Although uh, Rockinelli Sawyer Sawyer Rockinelli. Um, he had yeah. two catches, but I actually thought he looked good out there. I, I yeah. noticed him a couple times mm-hmm. doing some stuff. He, he had a good block at one point, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that sprung with a touchdown, I think. So, I mean, there are some good things happening, but just overall, I just, I mean, that, the offense needs to get better. Do you think Do you think this was a good opponent for us to schedule? Like, were we ever going to, like, develop or learn anything after this game? I mean, live reps are always good. Uh, yeah. In a, in multiple things, I think so. Uh, 
there's the less glamorous side of college football when it comes to budgeting. And I think we've got three home games and one road game with Utah Tech locked in. Uh, and while it's not a formidable opponent, it's a Division I win. I mean, it's a win. D1 scholarship and an, program. And it's an early, and it's an early round, uh, an early season game that can, you can use, that you should be using more than a Division II school uh, to help get your team on the same page. So I think there's more benefits than harm. Okay. Yeah. It's a little weird. They're so, they were so bad. They're bad. And they're not good. I mean, yeah. Some of their receivers got a little bit of speed to them. But they're just... Our O-line destroyed their D-line. Well, I was thinking, we took one of their own linemen. Like, I think we got their only good O-line. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't, I don't really... There was really not a lot of guys I saw in that field where it's like they are close to being a competitive FCS team. Um their stadium was kind of nice. It's kind of little. It, it was, didn't look bad on TV. Uh, this broadcast was terrible. Yeah, I heard. I heard the commentators, like Sammy Akem was tweeting this, like the commentators were like kind of complaining about Utah Tech or something. Like some <laughs> comments where they're like, D- they just need one play to get back in. This guy's like, we're down. They're down five touchdowns. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. Uh, despite being, uh, you know, some of its limitations, their campus is very new. A lot of new buildings. Hmm. It's right in town. Um, that's nice. You can tell there's there's a lot of money in there, and uh, you know, formerly Dixie State, and so there's still a lot of kind of blended um, marketing. There's a D for Dixie on the side of the mountain. I'm like, why does that stand for? It took us like a minute to figure it out. Dixie State. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We got three home games um, out of this this one road game. We played the one in 2021, and we got a couple others coming up. If they stay a bad school, it's still going to be a school that gets us a win, and it's a regional one. So, and you yeah. think the money's like neutral? Like we break even on it? Uh, we well for the road games for them coming here, you know we're gonna make a lot. Yeah. Sure. So my understanding is, and again this is this is chatter, so this is you know my take on it. I could be totally wrong, but with these type of guarantee, t- these type of back and forth home and homes or whatever, uh, it's not really like a guarantee game. Like there's kind of like a minimum that a team gets, but we don't have to be like, hey Utah Tech, we're gonna pay you two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars to come here. So it gets us, it gets a premier team in their stadium, but they got to come here a few times and we can reap a lot more from the ticket sales. So financially, business wise, it's a, it's a pretty good game to book. Even though, you know, it feels blah. Although I don't mind it. Like I, yeah, it's, it's our best pre-conference game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about next, even I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but just while we're on the schedule, like even though we schedule the NDSU of Division <laughs> Two, like did we have that one just booked so far out in advance? Or what? we asked, we talked, we remember we tweeted Kent Haslam and he said he'd come on the pod, but we just haven't scheduled it. Yeah. But I mean, like they struggled, like they booked these so many years out. It's like they get gaps, and then people start filling things up with home and homes and all that and. Like, it's tough to find one-off games, and Ferris is a one-off game. And I think COVID screwed things up, too. You had schedule cancellations, you had remakes, you had 
stuff like that. So I think there's also that and ripple there, effect still going through. Isn't there one or two teams that were supposed to have home and homes that have gone FBS and yeah. we don't have home and homes anymore? Right, I believe so. trying to remember who it was, but I feel like that was in the recent past anyway. Yeah, no. you're right. I can't remember who it was, though. But it canceled a few, so we had to scramble. That might have been a Ferrisville, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, only other thing was I called the Junior Bergen uh, punt touchdown, <laughs> which is, like, easy to do, right? Because, like, at that point, you could tell Utah Tech was trash and we'd already, you know. But it was because their punts to Junior, they kept get they get, like, it's kind of the midfield, right? So they could kick one way up in the air and he'd have to call a fair catch. And I said to the guy, we were, uh, to Justin, we were watching the game, and I told him, I was like, this number five is the most electric guy we have on the field. If he gets a chance, he's going to do something cool. And then they're like, we kind of pinned him back. And I was like, if this punter tries to flip the field and kick it where he can return it, he's going to take this. And sure as shit, he did. The announcers kind of called it right away. Like, they're like, oh, this is returnable. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I think the Utah Tech guys, I, I think – there were two to three guys between the 20 and the goal line that probably could have pushed him out of bounds. But I think they just kind of slowed up <laughs> watching it from the top. Like, I think they thought he was just going to step out of bounds. So they, <laughs> and again, it's kind of one of these things like you look at maybe the difference between coaching, like hustle and execution and playing until the end. But I think the Utah tech guys, you could kind of see them. Be, I, I assume we're going to see the, the punt return at QB club on film tomorrow. But it'd be really fascinating to see if those last few guys that had that chance to prevent him from getting in the end zone, it really looked like to me in real time that they slowed up because they were kind of like go, went from a full speed to kind of a jog, thinking he's just going to be tapping his toe out of, out of bounds. And he just cuts right up sideline and scores a touchdown. It's like they'd tapped out, it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, screw this. They're like, yeah, forget it. I'll go have my one-out shot at Wild Wings later. <laughs> one-out shot. <laughs> Silly. Get it together, Utah. For reference, at Buffalo Wild Wings, I asked for a Baker's Market ginger ale, and I asked for a double, and he said he can't even give me a single. It is a one-ounce pour, only one drink at a time. So That's sad. It's, it's, it's tough when you just you know want a little bit of bourbon. But, you know. <laughs> um, anything else on this game before we move on? No. Not for me. Are you surprised that Cotton's interception was his first? Uh, I didn't know that was his first. Yeah. Okay. His first career <laughs> so, <yes>. interception. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, just observation. You know, he's a hell of a pick, too, because yeah. he was in a different – because it was like a – I don't know if it was like a – it was a zone of some sort. He saw the play all the way. Left his spot, cut the pass off. It was awesome. Yeah, he's – it does, because didn't he play a little bit before – like at Last Oregon? year? Oh, and he played at Oregon State, Oregon too, State? I thought he played a little bit there. I think he was a younger guy, though. He was like a retro freshman there. Okay. I think. Hmm. Yeah. That surprises me. One of the questions we got later for the pod, but it's, it's relevant right now, that comes from Donovan. He was trying to look this up, and he was a little surprised. Maybe the stats are not aligned, but it says Junior Bergen had no prior punt return for touchdowns. And I know that's not true because he – no, he did one against Cats, didn't he? Wasn't one. I don't think he took one for the Cats, but he had one. He had one last season early. <laughs> but his question was: Is if we think Junior Bergen can break the punt return touchdown record, which is eight? Is it Junior? 
I think not. I, I, that's James, tough. I mean, you, they, at some point they're going to stop kicking to him. I think any, I, don't, I don't think anyone in the conference is going to actually attempt to kick to him ever. But yeah. But it's fun to have guys like that. Oh, right. Yep. That's all I got in the game. It was uh, it was hot. It was two and zero. Got a lot to work on still. What, so what do you like, Mike and Luke, uh, from watching the game? Outside of just the passing thing, if what were a few more things you could have, maybe especially on offense, just seen that would have maybe provided a little bit more confidence. Maybe confidence isn't the right word, but you know what I I'm mean, saying. it's it's hard to say, and it was a weird because it's like you know scoring touchdowns and getting the bump return. Like it's hard to argue with what happened. Yeah, but I would have just liked to throw the ball more. Yeah, you know, f- a few less run plays, a few more passes, and maybe more of a traditional. The passing offense that they're going to rely on if they're down, you know, a touchdown with two minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm still interested to see what we have in our tight ends. Um, tight end scored a touchdown. Ooh. Evan Schaefer. Evan right? Schaefer, yeah. He caught a first reception, first one, touchdown. Was it a one yard touchdown reception? It kind of felt like it hung up there. <laughs> but. You know, it's I, I realize if we're going to be run heavy, um, you know, their job's going to be mostly blocking. We don't have a Grossman uh, type athlete, in the, you know, at the moment. But like, I also think those sorts of positions can be super valuable when uh, when your team is like one, pretty like one dimensional. Yeah, like yeah. we are, right? Like the tight end right is someone that yeah. you can forget to account for sometimes when you have to bring extra personnel to stop the run. That's so true. Yeah. I'm like, ah, what, do we do we have that guy who can replace 80% of Grossman? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Not yet. I don't know. I hear good things about Micah Ashton. But years ahead. Yeah. I looked up. Junior Bergen actually does have two punt return touchdowns from last year, so he's got three total. Oh, nice. Yeah, he had none in 21. So he's got two and six to go in two years? Yeah, less than two years now, right, technically. But taller, I don't know. People kick to him. I wonder if if we make a deeper playoff run, you know, to pick up more games and stuff, and sometimes mm-hmm. the scouting isn't as good when you're facing someone at a comp, like from across the country. You used to get away with that more than you do now because all the games are, you know. Yeah. I was like, what, Tremaine Johnson senior year? No one threw to him. Then we got the playoffs. Yeah, they the playoffs. Interceptions in every game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Done with Utah Tech. The Trailblazers with the worst fight song I've ever heard. <laughs> it is the dumbest fight. They played the song at halftime, and it sounds like a song a child wrote. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna, I don't even know the words, but it's just like, you know, we live in the desert and it's hot here. It's just like, what? Is this their <laughs> no, That song? was definitely at least one ad that had that on. I was like, that's, what? That's the fight song. What is this? I'm pretty, well, because when they scored their garbage touchdowns, the band started playing that stupid song again. And I was like, that's their fight song? I thought it was just like some like crappy, like, you know, band on Fiverr, like cranked it out one afternoon for them for an ad. But that's their fight song. 
<laughs> um, let's talk about the rest of the conference. I found, let's move I, on. I found the fight song, though. <laughs> read, read the words to it. Read the words. <laughs> I'm sorry if this is bad pod. Blazing trails is all we know. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the first to cross where the rest won't go. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, and it's like, plays and trails is the first you know. It's oh, so Because fate reserved this <laughs> land for the brave. The Red Rocks call, I hear her name. <laughs> Tread this dirt, and you're never the same as Utah Tech. At Utah Tech, it runs in our veins. We're trailblazers. Oh, 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 yeah. trailblazers. <laughs> and it goes on, but I won't. I'll spare you guys. <laughs> it's so bad. It is so bad. Well, I mean, I'm sure people read ours and say the squeal of the pig. What? Float on the air. I like it. All right. Rest of the conference. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Let's get the crappy games out of the way. Who even cares about the crappy games? All right. I mean, well, Oregon State kicked the shit out of UC Davis. Everybody knows that. Weird. Right? Um, of the games that were kind of expected, the only one that, I mean, Portland State kind of hung around with Wyoming a little bit. Comparatively, yeah. Um, but I think the games that's most worthy of talking about, right, are Idaho's win, South Dakota State's win, and... Eastern's loss. Eastern's loss, right? Yeah. Eastern hooked up with Fresno State, who looked good the week before. Yeah. Fresno State beat Purdue. Did two overtimes. So... Say what? Who knows? But, I mean, Eastern, you know, we'll see what their season looks like. I still think we're on par with what we've predicted for them, but they played that game tough. Is Eastern the best of the worst? Probably. Or are they the worst of the best? They're the best of the worst. Do you have them above UC Davis? No. No. I don't. I do not. Because I think UC Davis has a chance to make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, Eastern's on two now. Um... Idaho destroyed Nevada. Now, in retrospect, maybe we should have seen this coming because Nevada is terrible. I didn't realize they were that bad. I don't pay attention to lower level like, FBS that closely. They haven't won like a Division One game in years. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> um, but Idaho just dominated that game. Like you just don't see that. No, that was impressive. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch the game. Did either of you guys watch? No, I'm watching oh, highlights. Got it, got it. Yeah, I just saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter, but that's about it. So good for them, Idaho. Is already a game better than we thought they were going to be, and that's, you know what, that's good for them. Our three hundred passing for Giovanni McCoy. I mean, yeah, that kid is good. So some places can find young QBs and let them play. Weird. Weird. Huh. Um, cats, cats in South Dakota State. I got a lot of texts about this. Holy moly! I think the Grizz fans were talking about it pretty heavily because the Utah Tech game was already it was so boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh my god, look at this!" And it was just like such a controversial ending it reminded me a little bit of us in the sack game yeah. last year where it's like people are debating whether it was a catch or not yeah. um the non-biased people i've seen all seem to universally say it's not a catch right yeah that's what i saw too online you know screenshots are tough because people will like grab the first screenshot when it first touches someone's hands and then show where the feet are but it's like you've got to complete the catch yeah so it's not when i first touch your hands when it's when you complete control of it um, but uh, Chambers also looked like he was over the line of scrimmage to me. Yeah, I saw people saying that. That line of scrimmage thing, it's like every like last square inch of you needs to be completely over the yeah, line. Yeah, if you're so, like, if all behind heel, it, you're there. His heel on his plant foot's so, on the line. My take, and I, I did not watch the game, but my take is 
the ending is what people are frustrated about in Catland, but they had chances. They were inside the the five multiple different times yeah. and didn't score touchdowns. Yeah. And I mean, in a game like that with a team like that, you got to do it. It was it's the first time where it has felt like the cats being so one dimensional hurt them. Mm. And we've been saying for a couple of years, we've kind of been waiting for, yeah, you know, they need to be more diverse in the passing game, right? But it's probably just one game. It's also the defending national champions. It was a battle. They probably will see each other again. I mean, I would not drop the cats an inch in the polls, and I'm going to be really annoyed if they do because it's so stupid. Like, the number three team should lose to the number one team on the road. On the road. And we're going to punish them for it? I don't get that. I'm with you. Yeah, I I don't see how you could punish them one, one teeny bit. If you don't punish FCS teams for losing to bad FBS teams when they're in the polls, it, when those when those things happen. Um, Did everyone in the top 10, ten win? Uh, let's see. Cats, right? I mean, Holy Cross lost to Boston College. Furman lost to South Carolina. Um, Samford lost to Western Carolina. Eh, a little shaky. But outside of that, everybody else, everyone else won. Did you guys think that was a catch? No. So people showed the, the angle, like the angle shots, and then someone showed the photo from straight in line on the, the back line, and his right foot is barely even on the line. Yeah. When he has possession. Yeah, I, I agree. I, so I think it was correct to overturn it. Tough break. Is a hell of a throw. It was a good catch, nice but it play. just wasn't in bounds. Bummer on the on sportsmanlike conduct. Afterwards, then kind of screwed your chance. But I think they they obviously thought the game was over. Yeah. And they come back to like, hey, one second, and you're 15 yards further back, right? That's kind of how it went. MSU got sloppy at the end because they, they had, had a, penalties, didn't they? They had, they had a false, eight false starts. Eight false yeah. starts in that game. Oh my god! That's what we were just saying. Was they they had so many chances in that game? Yeah. They're, they they probably watched film and are just cursing themselves out. Yeah, they were going to go for it on fourth and two inside the ten, um, had, and then it had to settle for a field goal bef- because they got a false start. Got a false start. <coughs> Classic game. Yep. Anyway, that's about all we're going to talk about with the cats. So okay. moving on. Um, let's talk about the cat, the games this week. Unless you got something else you want to add there, Lucas. I just want to note, note that Chambers was their quarterback for the last couple drives. Well, that's a good point. Tommy Mock got hurt. Yeah, I said it's knee or something, right? Hopefully, it's not serious. But man, it's a them finding Chambers was the best recruiting they ever did, and getting those two guys to be okay with this system where they run, because with how much they have the QB run, they need two guys. Mm-hmm. Like they're, I mean, sometimes having two competent QBs, Mike. It's a good idea. Interesting. And the same guys that run a good offense. And, <laughs> yeah. right. We'll see what happens yeah. when we actually get there. Your counterpoint argument as well is like if you got two quarterbacks are playing like running backs, they're getting hit a whole bunch more than a pocket QB, right? Yeah, definitely. If you lose them both, I don't even know what number three looks like for them. I'm probably just another Tommy Malott, right? Who knows? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> This scared me, Brent. Sorry. Eastern right. did a bunch, right? They kept reloading with dudes. They still they seem like they did again. Yeah, that's right. That kid they got's pretty good. Perfect. Perfect. Everybody recruits yeah. Um <laughs> what uh 
Yeah, but I got Let's the... go to next week. I don't want to talk about the cats anymore. This is a Grizz podcast. It is. It is. Okay. Um, Weaver State plays Utah. Is Utah's quarterback going to be back? James actually made a good point there. Even if he's not, I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing that's just more interests me is I think Weaver State has kind of surprised people a little bit. A little bit. And um, if they can hang. I wondered that about Davis when they played Oregon State, and they did not. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stetson Hatters play the Bobcats. I assume we all know how that's going to go. So we're picking Utah and oh. the Bobcats. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I Sorry. think so. Idaho plays Cal. Um, I mean, Cal should win it, but... Cal beat North Texas 58-21, then lost to Auburn 14-10. They'll, they'll win. Cal will win this game. Yeah? Are you now... Like, I don't know. Is that the sexy pick? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to pick Idaho. Oh my Why God. not? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, I have to yeah, write this put down. Put that down. Tag the tubs, guys. I'm picking Idaho. Oh, what time are we on the pod? Minute five. Tell the tops, guys. Check 105. So you've got <laughs> Utah. Uh, yeah, I, I got Utah. I got the Cats, of course. I'm, I'm going to pick Idaho to beat Cal. It worked last week when I picked the Cats to beat South Dakota State. Did you pick Eastern Washington yet? Uh, this week? No. Sela. I think that's an interesting matchup. Sela hasn't been horrible historically. You want to talk about that next? Let's do it. Sela's 0-2. They've lost to Mississippi State. They lost to South Alabama. South Alabama, one of those ones that moved up, or are they... Yeah, those are two FBS games. Cool. Well, they're 0-2. And they have not put up much of a fight in either. And they go two. to Eastern. Eastern's going to win that game, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. What do you think, Luke? <sighs> Yeah, I I want them to win. Yeah, so I'm gonna write that down. Uh, Utah Tech at Northern Arizona. Eh, boy, can't talk. Utah Tech at NAU. I'm NAU. Gonna, I'm gonna pick NAU. Yep, same here. North American University, Portland State. Portland State's getting its win. PSU, there's your win. PSU. <laughs> Northern Colorado. Marty contract time. <laughs> Northern Colorado goes to Washington State. Oh, Washington State. I want UNC to revenge my Badgers, but it's not going to happen. Um, I'm just surprised you weren't going to that game. I was, I'm not that much of a Badger super fan, so, yeah. Um, and I'm glad I didn't. Damn. That game was awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're watching, yeah, right? Uh, your brother's excited, right? I saw him tweeting about it. Tweeting go Cougs. It's like, oh. Blocked him. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not very nice. I know, I know. You and I, I did not actually. You and I goes to Idaho State. Boy, I thought that you and I would beat Weber. Same, I think. Um, Idaho State got obliterated. By you and you and I stuck with Weber for a little bit. Yeah, it was it was one score game till late. It wasn't like yeah, I mean, late. like all rational thinking says it should be you and I. Yes. So I'm going to pick Idaho State. Um, they got to get there. They they got to pull something off to turn this this whole thing around. New coach, young guy, believe in ourselves. 
New coach, young guy, got to believe in ourselves. <laughs> you know, Prime overturned his roster by more than 50%, so it's working for him. That's what Idaho State did, okay. too. Okay, yeah. So. <laughs> I would stick with you and I. <laughs> you and I is the pick. I, uh, you and I is going to win. I'm New sorry. coach, young guy, got to believe. Guys. You and I is going to win. Yeah. Uh, I assume we all, think, I, we all think Cal Poly is going to beat Lincoln, California. Uh, let's hope so. Yeah. Is that Lincoln, high school? California, 0-3. Could be. Could be. Might be. Um, Southern Utah goes to Davis. I think Davis bounces back. Yep. Right? The other one that's going to be a little interesting, I think, and it's going to be kicking off at the same time as we start, is Sac State goes to Stanford. I mean, Stanford should win. Stanford will win because I think Sac doesn't have the magic. QB's gone. Head coach is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stanford beat Hawaii, and then they got pretty thoroughly thumped by USC. Yeah. But then, like, SAC played at Texas A&M Commerce, and it wasn't, like, the most glamorous win. It's like, 30-something to 10, if I remember is, correctly. Is this one of those... Um, 34-6. Is this one of those games that, like, Stanford could sleep on and, you know, get upset? No like, is this... Stanford's head coach is Troy Taylor. Yeah. This is Troy Taylor against this DC from last year. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, both schools are going to be fired up. There, there's a lot of just interesting undertones with the game. Hmm. Do you think that Stanford players care? The head coach might be coach? fired up, but yeah, they might. I think the Sac State players are going to care. Yeah. Especially the ones that were on the team last year. But what are you going to meet? Like mad that your coach went to Stanford? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to pick Stanford, but I think it's going to be a close game. It's not like you went to Davis. I think we have like unanimity in all of our picks. Uh, That leaves Fair State. All right, let's talk about it. Brent, what do we need to know about Fair State outside of the records that I just went through, which are ridiculous? Yeah, so uh, in my sleep-deprived way, I have not really done the deepest of deep dives that we enjoy doing on your opponent, but... uh, that's really uh, unfortunate. I know. We're here for the deep dives. But. Uh, no, we're here for you to do your job. I know. Do your job. <laughs> There's a reason Luke and I added you to the pod. <laughs> so you would do the research. <laughs> it's, not just, it's not just to drink this beer. Um, two quarterback system. Uh, number zero, number 12. Um, number 12 is a little bit more of a. Well, he leads the team in rushing yards. Um, far and away. Four rushing touchdowns this year, 200 on the ground. Uh, also has 205 passing, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. So we're going to see a couple. We're going to see a couple quarterbacks. It's kind of a balanced offense. Um, the thing that I keep just being told about when it comes to Ferris State is uh, skill players a little smaller, somewhat smaller than what we see. Not entirely, but. Lots of focus on team speed. Quick guys, fast guys, a lot of quick plays. The thing that did impress me is, and granted, I've not, like, observed how they appear. Their O-line is full of 300-pound guys. 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 300 pounds. That's us, too. Then you go to the other side of the ball. Their D-line has multiple guys that are 300 pounds in the 290s and 280s. This is going to be the heaviest 
forever that's worth. D-line we'll have seen this year. Where is Ferris State located? Michigan. Big Rapids, Michigan. Is there an FBS or an FCS team in Michigan? Duh. There has to be. An interesting thing. Not a dominant or good one. An interesting thing, and I don't, Mike, you might know, both of you guys might know about how they do this. Um, Their their university says it has over 10,000 students. But Big Rapids, Michigan, um, their census was 7,700. How is that possible? Are they not counting students? If, if they're not counting their primary residents there. Michigan does not have an FCS school. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of local talent that across Michigan that Ferris State probably recruits better than most D2 teams. I guess what I'm getting at is there Absolutely. are probably guys from Michigan who are FCS caliber who are on Ferris State. Yeah. They, they play in the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. And just look at the map of where all these schools are. Michigan. like Illinois, Wisconsin, yeah. the upper it's the Great Lakes of Michigan. I mean, so Mostly so, Michigan. Yeah. Like any student that doesn't make it to one of the big. Yeah. This is the division they go to. That's where you go. Yep. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they go play at other places. Of course, of course. You know, but and there's there's lower level FBS teams too. But like the point stands, like there's probably some dudes on this team that are good enough to play at our level. Absolutely. Did you guys hear? Um, was it Dion's son talking about the difference between FBS and FCS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said it's the biggest. The biggest difference is that D linemen get off their blocks faster. Uh, but he goes. There's not a whole lot of difference in talent. Hmm. I could see that. It's, I thought it was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But wouldn't, wouldn't the D-linemen be more talented to get off their blocks faster? Well, I mean, I think he's saying D-linemen are better at this level. Okay. And that's about it. Gotcha. Like, he, had, he didn't see a big jump in competition. Gotcha. And yeah. he was saying in the context of not being intimidated by yeah. playing FBS opponents. He's yeah. like, there's really good players at the FCS. Really, the only difference here is D-Lyman. You know, that's what, that's what you recognize. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to see a lot of quarterback runs. Um, Great, because we've been really good at that the last yeah, several years. We, we know what we're doing. Because <laughs> their top two rushers are quarterbacks this year. Last year... Their top, uh, their top rusher, this number twelve Gulker, uh, was their their top rusher. But then um, they have wide receivers running the ball. They got running backs running the ball. They let's, I watched a couple little highlight films. It's it, it looks like a lot of misdirection. Um, they're gonna they're gonna try to use a lot of quick speed, skill, and rapid moving plays to try to to get the Grizz defense um, confused. I did. I said they're a little small, but I did just check the heights of their their two statistical leading receivers: one six three, one six one. Um, I think, kind of like you guys were alluding to, this team is going to be is going to come across by and large like an FCS school. Yeah, they've won two national titles in a row. They're in the national title game. I think. Uh, they missed one, and they they're in the title game a year prior as well too. So um, I don't think they won that one. Uh, like Mike was sharing earlier from our friend Coulter, their coach has a tremendous winning record. This team expects to win. 
and um, definitely shows it. So take Ferris and the points. Is that what you're saying? Are they going to cover? <laughs> I don't even know what the points are. I think I remember earlier the – well, they're probably not out yet. But I think there was like the uh, – uh, what are those things that say like the projected uh, spread total for all the whole season? And this one was the closest of the three for the out-of-conference. Um, so they're 2-0. and They have beaten Mercyhurst of Pennsylvania 54-12. to and they played Ashland last uh, yesterday. Uh, what's that? Oh, hang on, James. Let me turn your mic up. What's it? I've heard of them. You've heard of Ashland? Mm-hmm. You get recruiting information from them, or what's up? No. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, they were losing to Ashland and had to kind of storm back in that game. Um, it was, let's see, it was 21-10 at the half. Ashland was up, and Ashland is a winless school. Uh, uh, but uh, and then 28-17 as they were getting into the fourth quarter. Uh, but then uh, Ferris State kind of shut the door on them and, and scored the last uh, stretch of points to win 38-28. So maybe they're looking ahead to Montana. Who knows? Um, it's it's a weird and it's a fascinating matchup. Um, the most talented school we'll see out of conference and a win or a game that regardless of the outcome – can only, I guess, hurt Montana technically, right? We talked about that last week, right, Mike? Yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, a loss is devastating, and a win means nothing in the playoff. This picture. is why I hate D two games because it's just there, there's no good that can come of this. It is a night game ish. Kickoff at six. Yeah. It's a it's a blackout, Luke. It's a blackout game. Yeah. So I gotta get blacked out. <laughs> Boy, I don't think they can do that. Is that what you're saying? Right? Oh my god! You need to buy a shirt. Doing jello shots at my tailgate. Ooh! <laughs> Brent knows what I like. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it should be good. I'm, I'm actually, when you say the NDSU of Division Two, yeah, you know, I'm like, ooh, that's like high praise. And you never know. Maybe they're set to stun us. But I think with a night game, I have a feeling we're going to be pretty wired. I think we're going to be wired. I think, I mean, I think Fair State is coming here expecting to win this football game, prepared to win this football game. I think, and NDSU played this way too. They went to, you name it, right? Iowa, Iowa State, Arizona. Did they play Minnesota? I mean, all these playoffs they did. And it is. They play with a chip on their shoulder, and they went into a lot of those games being like, our opponent does not prepare for us or expect us to play like their conference teams will because we are a lower division, and we're going to come in here, and we're going we're gonna to prove you wrong. And many times, quite a few times, they did. And I, I firmly and fully believe a team with a winning culture like Ferris State is coming here to do the exact same thing. Thing, where I think Central Washington coming to Montana, it's like, hey, let's get our check, let's get some reps, let's do some things, let's have some fun. Fair State's coming here to win a football game, hundred percent. And so, um, it's a part of me that makes me slightly nervous about this game because it's our first opponent. I th- I think it's it's our most skilled and opponent that we well no it is the most skilled opponent we've seen so far. And I think the most prepared mentally to take one away from us. I don't think they're going to do it. 
But I think, and especially then, testing some of our guys, quarterbacks, defensive players that are new to the role, um, it's going to test them in a way they haven't been tested yet this year. Yep, I agree with all that. I don't think, I don't think the Grizzlies lose this game, but I think when you talk about times the Grizz have been susceptible to an upset. This has all the ingredients. Oh, yeah. That they're there. Yep. You know, it's a good team. It's a good team. They're going to run it well. They're going to, I mean, you look at this. Big O-line. 300 pounders. Big O-line. Now, again, is it big in the gut or is it, you know, what is it? I, I tend to think they're probably, their O-line is going to look a, look a lot like our O-line. And so this is going to be the biggest test that our D-line has, too. We've talked a lot about our concerns on D-line size, stopping the run, and how they do. This team is going to want to run it at us, and they're going to be looking at our defensive front and the lack of especially uh, weight on our defensive line. And they're going to, I'm, I'm pretty convinced they're going to come in here thinking they can run their run-heavy misdirection option-type offense and try to hit us with it and run like hell on us. That's their hope. It's good hope. Yeah. I wonder if there's a Junior Bergen in the Interlakes Collegiate <laughs> Conference. Like, that's the other thing, too. They're going to have to tackle, yeah. like, Junior Bergen. They're going to have to tackle Gilman and Osmo. Yeah. I, we shouldn't underestimate them. I think that was your point. Yeah, big time. And, Mike, I think you agree for sure. Um, I just don't. I just think the pedigree is going to be so different. Good luck catching Junior Bergen. Like, are you kidding me? That guy could probably play up, right? Like, yeah. he's so oh, damn he talented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I'm, I'm actually thinking that we're gonna we're gonna rack up quite a few yards. Is, yeah. All right, is what I imagine. So this team averages 525 yards a game. Uh, they split it almost equally, uh, rushing and passing. Uh, their website reads kind of weird. I'm trying to see. Um, they do. They've given up a couple punt returns. Their punt return average is 22 yards per return, uh, just on a, on five returns. So, could be some opportunities there. What I'm trying to see is what their defense allows. I don't have that in front of me because their stats are super weird on this uh, website. So, if I can pull that fast, I'll tell you. It'll be interesting. the the um, The punt return stat is an interesting statistic. And then, you know, it's like, what's their kicking game like? Do they have a guy that can regularly get it into the end zone? Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. And how do we respond to that? Um, Depth-wise, we should be deeper because, I mean, they're they're probably not taking a huge roster over here. Um, probably not, no. You know, we're going to have the full legal roster limit. So, I mean, there should be some things that play in our favor, rotating guys, but... You know, if they run a lot, we got to prove it. You know, yeah. if if we are what we hope to be, then you know you take care of business against these teams. So, look at other two games. Um, Mercyhurst put up three hundred and four yards in the air on them, and um, Ashland put up two twenty seven um, plus another one seventy two rushing. So maybe this game where coaches are. Have, I can pull some film from these two. This this could be a good get-right game. 
um, for Sam Vidlak. I mean, you hear those things, and it's like, you know, teams putting 400 plus plus yards on him at that level. We should be able to do that. Hell yeah. Like, it's a get-right game. You need Somebody messaged us while we're uh, recording this and said that, you know, passing games need reps. Yes, they do. And they are right. That's right. Let's do it. (laughs) So, that's fair state. Grizz are going to be wearing black jerseys that we haven't seen yet, right? Grizz are, oh, the Grizz are going to be wearing black jerseys. Black jerseys, black helmets. This is why you are such a great person for this pod. Because some of this is new to you. Like, Brent and I are like, why would I know that? When That's I why it's the well, blackout game. But I thought like, it the Grizz on the schedule. Black. But I thought it was just the fans were going to wear blackout. Right. Everyone is. I didn't know the players. See, this is what makes this podcast had, real. <laughs> yeah. We've had blackout like games before, right? Because... We had a granite game that did not go well. Well, I know we've had whiteout games and yeah. and stuff, but like in a black, I just didn't imagine the Grizz players would be. The marketing black. staff says we've never had a true blackout. Game. No, we haven't. We wore the granite gray jerseys at the week after we beat North Dakota State. It was a Cal Poly kicked like a fifty-some yard field goal to beat us. Remember that? It was a night game. You and I were. Oh, yeah. That was right after, friend, that we should have gone to a, a friend's wedding yeah, instead. That was right after. Um, <laughs> and the yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. So they wore granite. And I guess technically we wore black with the Halloween colors against the Cats uh, in 2010. Right? Mm-hmm. That was black jersey, gray helmet with uh, the like copper letters. Copper letters. People call them the Halloween jerseys. Those are horrible. I think they burned them after the game. So when the Grizz wear. Uh, dark colors <laughs> like that that's not maroon uh, they're 0-2 so you know oh no <laughs> oh no the let's, game within the game is let's not let's bring out favorite. the blacks for the <laughs> trap game great idea <laughs> there will be a fireworks show after the game so that'll be fun alright hopefully <laughs> what time are you showing up <laughs> With your jello shots. Uh, well, so game kicks at 6, so I've got to be set up. i got to be in and set up and uh, going with the tailgate no uh, later than 4. I might get there a little early. Mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon. People will be out and about. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, 3, 3.30, give or take. Hell yeah. Get ready. Make it a fun night. It, like. Imagine we lose, and then they're like, fireworks. <laughs> Yay. Ferris State players are just enjoying it on the field. Like, Ferris just kicks the shit out of it. It's just funny, like, speaking just in a hypothetical realm. Like, it's like 35 to 10. And they're like, please stay for the fireworks. Like, <laughs> please shoot the fireworks into the crowd. We all want to die. <laughs> Wait, that seems a little bit extreme. Well, okay, we want to be burned. And, no, I'm just kidding. No. Also um, extreme. Well, it's less extreme. It is all a joke. But um, they are definitely trying to make a big production about this game. Um, yeah. I I wonder what the crowd's going to be like. Because I think some people see D2, but then all the stuff that's been built up around this game. And I think a lot of people, a lot of informed fans, are recognizing that this is the best out-of-conference team we're going to see. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely think that people are aware of what this team is. Yeah. Yep. So you guys 
where were you last week uh, at this time with like the play calling and stuff? Were you guys happy after week one? I was. I mean, yeah, we were more happy than not. Because we've got Brent Pease now yep. calling plays. That we do. I'm sensing that you two guys aren't as tickled about uh, play calling after game two. I'm not as dire as Mike, but... Yeah. I'm not dire. It's just... <laughs> How many pass attempts... You, should, you want this game? Should? Yeah. Oh. 25. Sure. So we had like 20, 22 last game, right? Yeah. Mm, 25 uh, 21. 21. Okay, from one... Yeah, 25 for 10, your 9, and 2. So, no, so only one guy had double-digit attempts. Yeah. Yeah. 25 from one. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, question for you before Fire we on. get to listener questions. Who is better, Butler or Utah Tech? Butler. Butler. That's what I say, too. Did Butler? I was going to check the Butler win last week. I mean, just having watched them both, Butler was absolutely better coached, and they have a better QB. Yeah, Butler Butler beat Taylor 41-13. to 13. Taylor also has a gray badge with no logo. Hmm. Butler's right. way better. All right. I think Butler would probably put a similar score on a similar ish score on a Utah Tech. Um, Kyler of Eastern Washington podcast fame says absolutely not. Says says Utah Tech is better. Doesn't matter that I've watched them back to back weeks. That's just his take. <laughs> okay, putting it out there. All right. Uh, you want to go to listener questions? Let's do it. All I right. got it up in front of me. Let's uh, start with X. Um, Bridger at B Dean Lord says, uh, after watching cats and Grizz versus Utah tech, I like where the Grizz are at. Um, can't take much from transitive properties of the two games, but I think the Grizz are right there for what it's worth. What are your thoughts? I really like your optimism, Bridger, and I just want to embrace it. I just don't know. And I think the uncertainty makes me feel worse you know than a traditional i don't know um i really like our run game i like our o-line mm-hmm. um but there's so many question marks around quarterback yeah no doubt and then the d-line mm-hmm. uh brent mentioned early that he liked our starting secondary but when we have to go down to our twos or maybe threes it's not we're not as comfortable. Like no one really is as comfortable, but sure. like I'm, I'm actually not super sure if our starters have it yet. Sure. Um, so there's just so much uncertainty yeah. that yeah, I like being certain. Yeah. I, th- I think a tough thing that we have is when you compare the two, the cats are arguably one of the two or three best teams in the, country right now with a roster that has been built and returns a ton of talent that is expected to be where they are and montana is not (laughs) we have we are replacing a lot of all americans and we are trying to figure out our quarterback situation um the two teams are on very different planes but i liked what i saw yes i want to see more um so yeah okay good old grizzly 
nice to win, but it doesn't mean anything other than our secondary depth is a work in progress. So there we go. Uh, other than that, uh, second, third team uh, DBs. What area outside of the the uh, the pass defense? What area do we need to work on to improve the most? What part of this team will be the most improved come late November? We need to work on run defense. More than quarterback. And quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I just don't think quarterback will be improved, Brandon. Okay. I mean, we, we're only giving up 72 yards a game on the ground, Mike. Um, but just read the box scores and that's it. <laughs> Jesus. You can write for the Missoula, look. <laughs> you don't even have to watch the games. <laughs> oh. uh, our guy Johnny Claxton said, it was hard to tell watching TV, but McDonald appeared, McDowell, apologies, appeared gun-shy. To pass after going through his reads. Since you were in attendance, Brent, and allegedly sober, definitely sober, um, <laughs> did it appear that wide receivers were getting any separation? I have a hard time watching, like, Well, separation. the premise of this believes that he's getting through reads. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Fan opinion. Could be wrong. It really looked to me that if option one wasn't there, uh, option two was run the ball. Which I mean, like the general—he's a senior, and he's never been a starter. Yeah, that—that's probably, and he's a hell of an athlete. Like that probably is. Sure, doesn't mean that he can't progress through his reads, but right. that's pro- like his his clock probably goes option one, run, option two. Like, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, so I I don't know if I saw, but I wasn't like locked in on him being like, okay, this, this, this. Or looking up the field to be like, okay, has Keelan White got three steps on this guy or whatever? You know, White had the separation on the deep ball that just didn't quite go because he last week he tripped over his feet a little bit last week. Yeah, um, that's something that you hear about a lot. It does kind of feel like sometimes we don't we get good separation on you know the the slants and yep. cuts in because you're you're kind of manipulating a little bit, but right. Bergen is fast, so yeah. maybe it's the routes, maybe it's the play design. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Wallace asked why uh, we think they pulled Childs and played Iverson Young. Kind of brought up what we talked about earlier with using one of his four games, and then how uh, last year they used Gilman later in the season um, when it was needed. N- saying not a criticism, but just curious. I mean, I think the thing Childs. On the backwards pass that definitely did not look like a backwards yeah, pass. Yeah, I don't from understand what they did with you. It didn't look like a and the backwards pass in real life. And then the announcer was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely a backwards pass, but they were morons. So that made me think even more that they should have uh, Yeah, there were, no, there were no replay. Well, there was poor attempts at replays in the stadium. Uh, Childs didn't get like hurt, bad hurt, but in the attempt, in the scrum to pick up the ball, uh, he got a little, little kind of shooken up. So I don't think that was like a full thing of, but I'm going to guess um, if you fumble the ball, you hit the bench in Bobby Houck's book and whether a backwards pass or not, Isaiah Childs was a little um, lackadaisical to make sure that that ball was re-secured by Montana. There was a bit of hesitation on the play. 
And so that warrants your ass hitting the bench. And instead of putting in one of your three that you're going to rely on, let's put the kid in. That's my guess. Yeah. Justin Martico says he's becoming a bigger believer in McDowell and that Osmo was a beast. We all evaluate games differently. <laughs> um, Bucko Nutsy is saying, do you think the offense stagnates with Vidlack? Feels like with that. So I texted so, you guys this during yeah. the game. Like, it absolutely feels like the run design is different, and they're different guys. Yeah. But with, with McDowell, they, they're going four wide and spreading it out, and it's like they want to try to open up lanes. Yeah. And with Vidlak, it seems like they do a lot more pull the tight ends to help block, and that's because he's going to pass, mm-hmm. and they're not quite sure, I guess, on the old line. I don't know, yeah. but it's the same offense. But it definitely they're you know they're calling different plays, which you would expect because right. they are different QBs. Yep. I, you know, I, I I think it was hard to take a lot from what we saw from yeah. Vidlak. Yeah. Um, just because of the kind of position he was put in and the time of the game and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Bridger also asks us, uh, what outcome should the Grizz fans have hoped for in the South Dakota State cat game? Uh, found He found himself hoping the Cats pulled it off. And then I think we had something um, as well, kind of along those lines of just, would it have been better if the Cats won? Um. Yeah, I mean, I never mind when the Cats lose, but especially if you can manage to beat them later in the year, like the better any team we play is that we beat, the better it is for our playoff seedings, and especially yeah. with a D2 team, like we need impressive wins. Right. And that's why I think it's great that Idaho pulled an FBS win off because yeah. we need to beat Idaho. Right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's the game theory of it suggests that you want your conference to, uh, to win as many out-of-conference games as possible, for sure. Yeah. With the way that this kind of works. Now, obviously, I get people are going to be like, no, I don't root for anybody. But it's like we – then in the playoffs, like it's the difference between a two-seed and a five-seed, yeah. you know? Or a, a seed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Witz was pointing out that he noticed watching the uh, SDSU-MSU game that SDSU's sports information director was very excited that they have over 5,000 season ticket holders. And I just pointed out um, how good we've got it here <laughs> with our fan commitment. Yep. Uh, Silver Tip Nation wonders if it is possible that the offensive line struggles more with Vidlak when he is in due to the fact that he's not a running threat. It requires more nuance and blocking rather than full steam ahead approach with more aggressive McDowell. You mean they have to pass block? Yeah. <laughs> Like that could be. I mean, that could be. But if it if that's true, yeah. that's concerning. I was thinking that it might. Vidlak will probably get different blitz packages thrown at him than McDowell. Oh yeah, just because of the threat McDowell has of taking off, um, and how each of those guys deal with that will determine whether they start or not. Right? Yeah. So many of Garrett Skelton is wondering about. Garrett. Hello, Garrett. Do you want me? I'm going to read this he's, tweet. He's an athletic trainer. So apparently Coach Hawk must have had a run-in with an actual grizzly bear. I'm trying to read between the lines on this tweet. Okay. I saw that too, and I was like, did I okay. miss something? I'm reading this verbatim because it's a little, yeah. Ruminating since the start of fall camp, what do you think Coach Hawk's initial impulse was 
when he bumped into that Grizz while fishing this summer. It's paradoxical to think, go Grizz, fight on. How deep does the maroon go? <laughs> I hadn't heard, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> So that's Garrett's question. Garrett's, <laughs> Garrett's a really good dude. He's like the Dosakis dude, you know, like oh, yeah. the most interesting man in the world. Okay, because uh, that's, that's you in this room. <laughs> that, well, Garrett Garrett has tales. He's led like five different lives. It seems like, but I hadn't heard. I mean, Garrett might have some um, some contacts within Grizz Athletics. Still, he came through our program as a masters of athletic training student like, is um, he saying that he wishes like the go grizz fight on like bobby should have fought the bear well like what if the what he's if saying, the bear no, if fights? he saw grizz and did he say go grizz go grizz and then the bear, the bear fights fight like does he want him to like if the bear charges you i guess you know you gotta <laughs> well it's karmic bobby's here justice. and doesn't look like he was uh mauled by a grizzly this yeah, summer when so. you look into the abyss the abyss looks back or something like that <laughs> Um, Cal Munis just points out concern where uh, Utah Tech's receivers really got into our secondary, got past our corners fast, uh, even though their quarterback could not deliver. I think we kind of touched on a little bit. Yeah, we agree. I mean, it yeah. like uh, the Butler QB last week did the same thing. Did the same thing with he would have hit those guys. Like that's a concern. Yep. Okay, I'm checking this. So this guy, his handle is at. Ex Utah Sports, he follows us. Um, I don't know if he's like a, you know, he doesn't really give much hint to his, but uh, he was saying uh, McDowell might be the guy as long as we don't ever use him. Um, yeah, cat trolls think we're gonna lose to Ferris, so there you go. Um, cat trolls are once again paying more attention to the Grizz. I I noticed once again. Especially in the Facebook FCS things, a lot of cat player uh, players, God, players don't care, but a lot of cat fans were posting about the game in context to how Grizz fans feel about it. Come in there and be like, "Oh, have your day, Grizz fans!" It's like, <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> it's a hell of a game, right? Um, someone pointed out concern that Bergen only had one touch. On Fair offense, concern on offense, right? Fair concern. It's everything that we were one punny return he took to the house. Would not right? be. Um, yeah, and then Silver Tip Nation. I think in response to some of these cat trolls was um, talking about camera angles and whatnot <laughs> in replays in the game. Uh, hopping over to Egris, uh, MT Grizz Rule wonders what we expect the offensive and defensive game plan to be for Ferris State. Well, it sounds like they're susceptible Most against uh, people who pass. So yeah. hopefully, we do that a little bit. But no. I don't really know much about the schemes that <laughs> Ferris State runs. Yeah. By not, I don't know much. I don't know anything. So I, I can't understand our defensive Thanks game for your plan. Honesty. Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna do the same stuff. Throw confusing, uh, you know, pressure at them from yeah. unexpected angles. I think the test I'd like to see, going back to that quote, if the D-line could get off the block. So is this one where getting X and fonts and these guys around the edge, quick passes, quick plays, jet sweeps, you know, these type of things? Um, if you have these 300-pound guys 
going up against a level of competition that they don't normally see, because I'm going to guess the rest of their conference doesn't have a bunch of Montana type of talent in it either. Um, can they chase, and how long can they chase? Rather than just smash them, right? If it's just big 300-pound dudes just smashing each other all day. Like, get them going side to side. See how they do with that lateral. I do expect us to be a run first team. Yeah. I think we're gonna use the run to open up the pass. Of course. Yeah. Like I mean that's been Bobby's MO for his whole coaching career. So I yeah. I would not be surprised. And I think he finally has the O line here that is, he wants. It is interesting like how different the play calling was. Because like oh, yeah. we passed so much more than we ran the first several series against um Butler. Yeah. So you know, it's just like and Bobby said at QB Club that they had a plan for the QBs that Pease was really good with and Bobby was good with. And, I mean, it just it makes you wonder, kind of like you were saying, like we saw more of Vidlak in one passing. We saw more of McDowell in another running. What are we going to see in this one? Right. Equal reps? and I mean. It feels like they're treating these games like preseason games. Yeah. You know, where it's like, let's see what the kid can do or let's see how this works. Do you, you know how Bobby has historically kind of had this thing where the upperclassmen play more than the underclassmen? Yeah. No, I hadn't noticed. Regardless of, you know, That's ability. why I like him so much. <laughs> Brent, Brent also has this. That's why I would. But it's like McDowell has to start this weekend, right? Like he started the game and they scored 30 what points in the first half. Like he has yeah. to start, right? He, he started the game. Yeah. They took control of the game with McDowell in. What on earth are you doing if he doesn't? And here I am. Like I obviously would like us to throw the ball more. I think Vidlak's more of a thrower. No, I'm with you, man. But I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, but you're totally right. Yeah. McDowell starts. He has to. Yeah. And he got the majority because of the throws. We put him into this position. <laughs> Just wasted a bunch of. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Good oh, luck. All right. <laughs> Thanks uh, for finally coming here. Grizzfan07 kind of brings up a handful of the same stuff we've talked about. Separation. Um, maybe McDowell's kind of leaning in on starter for now. Stuff like that. Um, Poe Rouge asks us to grade each defensive group this year so far and admits that it's early, but we are here for entertainment. So... And then ask, in our opinion, who we think should be starters at linebacker. So, how would you grade in two games performance the defensive line? The defensive line. Line. I mean, I thought they took some steps this week. I would give it I, a B. I thought they played better this week than last. Yeah. I think a B is probably fair. What about linebackers? I, I, you know, somebody asked me this question, and I think it's so hard to judge linebackers in this defense because linebackers are such the central part of this defense yeah. that they are getting, you know, it's like they're going to have stats no matter what. So then it's like, how are we doing? Right. And I mean, I think they're doing pretty well. It seems to be. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you look at like Levi Jankaron, Ryan Terrell led the team in tackles. Six and five, respectively. Uh, Terrell recovered a fumble. Um, I just... I don't know. I, for some reason, you're just so used to an absolute dominant linebacker core where you're seeing them every time and they're like an enforcement role. I don't know if I feel that from this group yet. So I would 
I don't want, like C feels like mean, like C plus B minus something like that. I don't know. I, I, I want to see a little bit more enforcement from him. The the only position group that I think has been tested and has disappointed is the is the secondary actually. Yeah. And I know they've got turnovers, right? But you know, like Cotton's pick yeah. was just thrown right at him. It was just a shitty throw. It wasn't like a <laughs> coverage thing. You know, like Gradney, his forced fumble was because he was. I, I, we don't know who got burned or, but that guy was open. Yeah, like, yeah, big time. We got, he saved us from. It was like a fifty-yard completion. A fifty-yard yeah. completion. Yeah. I I think I've seen some instances in the last couple games where our secondary hasn't been as effective as yeah. I would have hoped. But I think they're the only group that has been like, you know, really tested in a material way where I, I can issue a grade. I don't know about the That's line fair. yet. We haven't seen a good offensive line. Like it's true. So we don't know. Yeah. Fair. I think as well too, secondary, right? Like you split apart starters versus rotating depth. And it seems like it's two very different things that suggest a pretty big drop-off currently mm-hmm. to me. That's kind of the one where, yeah, it's tough to grade. Like the starting five, I don't know, B, I guess, B plus, I don't know. But then the backups, it's like kind of scares the hell out of me a little bit, right? Just because they're young guys with new reps. And in both games, what it was, we gave up 260 to um, uh, Butler. And what we give up to uh, Utah Tech? Two sixty. So we're giving up two sixty a game. Yeah. Against bad teams. What's Idaho gonna do? With are they? Yeah, they're gonna go over four. Stud, and what does that mean? Yeah, like two, like the best two, maybe the the top five best receivers in the conference. Definitely the number one best. Cool. This is turning fun. Um, <laughs> Butte 5518 says, last year the Grizzlies scheduled cupcakes in their preseason and had a difficult conference season. This year the Grizzlies scheduled three cupcakes prior to conference play. At one point does this program think and this is not the best The strategy? year before they went to Washington. Like, <laughs> the strength of preseason pre-conference scheduling is cyclical and it depends on all of these things. Yeah. And what people don't factor in is it is getting harder for the university to get programs to come in, especially without expecting an equal return. Mm-hmm. Not just money, but the, the game. Yeah. And there are not that many programs in the West. And this is why, like, the WAC coming back and creating football with whatever they're called, United, whatever, yeah. Yeah. is actually good because we need another conference in the West so that we've got – you know, a conference that right. makes sense to schedule preseason games with. Yep. Um, it's just a it's just a problem of where we are. Scheduling's tough. Yeah, I think fans just think like you sit here and you like like right now. Kent Haslam is calling athletic directors and booking games for next year. I think he's trying to book games probably for twenty twenty six and twenty twenty seven. And at this point, like next year, we open with Missouri State. In the last few years, Missouri State was a ranked team and I think had a win against an FBS school, an SEC school. They took someone like Arkansas or someone to the wire. But uh, I don't know. It's tough. Sometimes with some of these programs you're booking, you just don't know if they're going to be good in four or five years. 
Now, Utah Tech, Ferris State, Butler. No, that's pretty well known. But it's like Ferris or, or Fer- Butler. Or Ferris. Butler in and of Ferris itself like isn't a bad pre-conference game yeah. because you'd love to see Butler with like McNeese State or, yeah. you know, and it's like that's what I'm saying. I'm fairly no, certain that yeah. in this stretch of a few years, there are two different programs that went FBS that we had games with that we don't anymore. Yeah, there was. Yeah. And so, I mean, there are just there's some realities to that. But it's like if you've got – if you play up, let's say they play Washington, and then you play Butler and Utah Tech, this is a great pre-season yeah. yep. or pre-conference schedule. Yeah. Um, so it's it's more complicated than people think it is. Agreed. Uh, AZ Grizz fan asked kind of a handful of questions I think we've kind of already touched. Did the QB question get answered? Uh, who should get more carries, Osmo or Gilman? I'd say if he's healthy, it's Osmo for now. Oh, I'm, I'm Gilman. Okay. I'm I'm I think Osmo's great, but Gilman to me is a special guy. Yeah. Why can't our receivers get separation, Luke? Because they're not deceptively <laughs> fast. <laughs> <I'm> just, yeah. <laughs> You're the HHP guy, right? Um why is there always someone running free behind our corners? Uh, why can't Bobby recruit defensive line? We're getting zero pressure with these 245-pound defensive ends. These are fair questions. Like, we have some gaps that, you know, so many years into this, you know, era, it just surprises me that we didn't have more depth. But college football has changed. Guys leave, transfer portal. Like, it's just a different world. I actually don't have a problem with 245-pound defensive ends. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think that's a big enough defensive end if they're explosive enough. Like this, the weight n- needs to be above two thirty for D D end for sure, right? Yeah. But it's more about like finding an explosive athlete, mm-hmm. which is the hard part. Um, those guys don't drop off trees, and Gubner is like an exceptional defensive tackle, like a guy who Best almost weighs. 300 pounds who's as fast as as he is d-line's tough because you have to be athletic at this level and also like a mountain of a human so like that's a tough position group to find this offense is also designed for the linebackers to get stats yeah right so this isn't a four-man front so inherently our three on the line are outnumbered five to three Mm -hmm. kind of yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, and just not that we compare everything with MSU, but like Brody Greeby, he's the, you know, the pride of Melstone. He's one of MSU's best DNs. He's you know 265. Ken, Kenneth Eden, the the fourth 265, <laughs> like you're you know 245. Excuse me, not 265, okay. but like 240 something is a good size for a DN. Yeah. They don't have anyone 250 DNs. Oh, they have one, 257. But anyway, yeah, it's more about being like super duper explosive. Sure. All right. Um. Uh, Grizzly Rez points out that uh, Trevor Gradney is threat for interceptions and thinks he's only going to keep getting better. I sure hope so. Yeah, that'd be um, great. Uh, MT Gris says, does anyone have anxiety 
that the pre-snap crosser I have so much anxiety is going to get hit by the snap. <laughs> it does. I that thought has crossed my mind multiple times. Yes, yes. It's a timing thing. You got to get that right. Badlands Grizz fan, does this team have an identity? Because right now, I still have no idea what we do on offense. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be spread it out. Let Clifton run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Let uh, our our boat of running backs share the carries, yeah. and uh, that's what we got. Regardless who the QB is, our identity is power run and ball control. Like right, it's always gonna be the question, Mike. Like everyone's concern uh, is completely valid that the passing game needs to become much better. Well, what's yeah. what's interesting is like when you're we just have very recent and near examples of the high watermark required to be a a run first offense. It's like sure. you you need to be as good as MSU. You need to be as good as NDSU or SDSU. Or SDSU. Or SDSU. Yeah. And I don't think any of us believe that we're that dominant yet. No. But we're trying to be of that flavor of team. Sure. So it's pretty obvious we're not yeah. in that cut yet. Ah. Uh, someone asked if Fair State's quarterback is left handed. Shout out to Coulter. <laughs> um, PDX Grizzly is wondering if the defensive team speed is lower this year. Hmm. But he's also noticing much less quarterback. Well, doesn't think, give reference. Noticing much less quarterback pressure in the past few years. But I don't know if he's talking about. I think you got some new guys in some new spots. Oh, for and us, yeah. we just need to get a few more games in before we make any blanket statements on what they are right yeah. now. I did. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I'm good. PDX is like kind of close to saying things seem less aggressive this year, and and it's a new play caller. New play caller, and I think. It's definitely a different attempt at uh, a defensive type of coverage system that I think it seems to have request less pressure. Um, Alabama Grizzly points out, Fair State has 16-0 linemen with an average height and weight that is 6'4", 304. A defensive line that is an average weight or has nine that come in over 287 pounds with six over 300, and a senior who measures 6'5", 349. Um, we have two D linemen over 265. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, just wondering about how do they get so many big boys. I think we kind of touched on that pretty well, right? Uh, Everett Grizz, who's your favorite class and favorite professor at the university? Oh man, that's such a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I liked a lot of my classes in my master's program. Undergrad, I spent a lot of time figuring out what it was I was doing. <laughs> I had a lot. I was fortunate to have a lot of really good ones. I think the anatomy professor at the time, her name was Kathy Westfall. Oh, Solar House. She did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a wonderful human. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like the like embodiment of uh, Professor McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like 
kind of in look and demeanor like she she ran a tight ship oh, but yeah. like a very hard class very inspiring i mean i had like you know dr charlie palmer who's i work with now he teaches a really engaging class um but even someone like an og legend that many people have had over the years was I was fortunate enough to take a history class from Fritz. I was going to say that, damn it. <laughs> and that dude's like so a stand-up great. comedian slash historian. That, that was a great awesome. class. I also like my history of rock and roll class. Oh, yeah. It had nothing to do with my major at all. <laughs> yeah. Cre- Dr. Crea Bruner taught an endocrinology class to me, all mm. about hormones, which was fascinating. Nice. Morton taught a business law class that I enjoyed. You and I had very different undergrad experiences. I, I, I had an intro to business co-taught by morton and jerry furnace um those guys taught real estate school forever and ever. And yeah no, it was it was not a great class but i enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> but no we, we've got a good slew of professors at um there's no shortage the one i wish i could have taken a class from is robert green he was a history profession professor who taught russian he tragically died um a few years ago oh wow but it was a legendary like yeah. reviews on that guy huh but i wasn't hit like he thought like upper division history gotcha. so i okay i would have had to go way far out of my zone Take a couple couple tiers to get into it yeah i uh got my business degree and i took uh and i focused on business strategy and michael braun who i think uh is in a little different uh, role there um was my kind of guy. Like we had, yeah. like I had mm-hmm. some of the upper tier business professors. Um, some are now retired, like Jackie Moore uh, and Don Gaumer. Um I don't know. And I was a non trad at that point in my late twenties, and I I just had a blast in their classes. They were there was and like a lot of business school professors too. Uh, Brent Russ in accounting, I've heard, mm. he's a super entertaining guy. I was gonna say I took class um, from him. He I, was very entertaining. I've heard I, everyone like yeah. So. Um, it's a it's a fascinating blend because a lot of them are like, not that other professors aren't, but like a lot are like working in a field similar to what they're teaching and as like a side gig or a full time gig as well too. So, uh, kind of fascinating blend to bring like mix a lot of real life, which in the business realm really helped. So yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't want to tell on anyone, but I actually have a funny story about some friends. The past history of rock and roll to get their degree. Interesting. Um, it's like a one hundred level class. Is like, like, or do they like get it like Indiana Jones the, sliding underneath the this is, stone door? This is like one of these things. Like you needed, you had, you had, it, you just needed like four, three more credits. It, it counts as a year. literary and artistic studies. Yeah, gen so ed. It, che- it checked like one of those boxes, and this is now twenty plus years ago, and they never went. Never ever went, but because fi- at that point, who was the professor? Ledbetter, the old. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, there was one test at the end, the final. That was it. And so, but the test because there was because it was such a popular class, there was like two days of finals, and it was in the music building, where it's the, the tiered like the theater, right? Mm-hmm. So you could sit in the top or the bottom. So they planned a heist, <laughs> and a guy. My um, God. <laughs> A guy that uh, um, was not in the class went the first day, strategically sat at the top tier, 
and was like filling the test out and then walked downstairs to go hand it in and ran out the side door and jumped in the escape car and peeled out. Oh and they God. worked on all the answers that night and then they all went and took the test the next day and passed the course. What? <laughs> Jesus. I will not name names. That is pretty elaborate for, I mean, like... <laughs> And this was this was literally like one of these things. It's like you have you have all your other things. Like you just need this to like check this last box and get these few credits, and you've hit your limit and you're done. This wasn't this people. No one had it wasn't obviously any sort of music degree or anything along those lines. That's it was basically like the the senior year get the easy credit to to fill you out, and they never went. And uh, yeah, one of the guys, one of our one of the one of the friends. Had actually already graduated, but he just thought it'd be fun. He went in and took the test himself on the next day just to screw around. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it's one of these things. There's like hundreds of kids in the class. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, really hard to catch. So James oh isn't gosh. here to hear that wonderful thing. Um, I took a great class on polling um, oh. in the poli-sci department because my degree is poli-sci and my master's oh, yeah. is public administration. It was, I mean, I, I took a lot of really interesting classes. Yeah. Every, you know, because part of my job is, you know, like working with students trying to figure out how to graduate. And one of my favorite part of my jobs is being able to look through the schedule every semester. And I just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like such a fun class to take. (laughs) Like, oh, I wish I had time to like take this class and that class. Um, I loved, always loved looking through the catalog and like circling like, oh, did you guys ever have to enroll in classes with the phone line? Grizz Bear? No. 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 Holy shit. You'd like call in an automated phone. It'd be like, enter a course number. And you'd be like, beep, 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 beep. And it'd be like, that class is full. <laughs> Sounds Time, awful. Times this, have changed. This is like 98. No, we'd log into Cyber Bear. Yeah, no, I remember Cyber Bear. When you I know, back. I've... I feel like um, I feel really old all the time on campus now, but like <laughs> I kind of wish wish the pendulum. You are. I, I am really old. Going on two decades from our college time, so. <laughs> but the but now like do you remember to communicate with a professor? You really needed to go see him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like. Oh yeah. They we had the we had email and and that stuff right, but it wasn't like like I literally had professors that are like. I don't check my email. Don't send me stuff. Yeah. Right. All right. But now the now it's swung too far because there was a time where you had to log in, like on a laptop. Essentially, like uh-huh. we didn't support mobile. You right. know, and so like it would take effort to have to send an email, and you would get like, you know, more considered, thoughtful emails. But now students can like open up the app, and like send you an email slash text like while they're dropping a toozy you know like so you get essentially they treat email like text message because they don't have my cell phone right they're just like firing off like horrible shitty emails that are misspelled (laughs) and like sent from iphone hey folks and like right i just hate it mike wasn't paying attention so said folks Folks. Howdy, folks. <laughs> as long as you spell it right, Luke. You spell it right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, also uh, poses an interesting hypothetical. Um, 
Grizz will lose one game this season, and you can choose which it will be. Would it be this week? Because then it would ensure they go 8-0 in conference. How would that look then to the committee? No, because the D2 loss would be terrible for the committee. You'd have a D2 loss, but then you'd beat Davis, Idaho, Sac, and Cats. I'd pick any other game but this one. Man, I don't know. I might pick this one. Really? I don't know. A D2 loss? And then win eight games in a row and sweep your conference and take your conference title. You're a top four seed. With a D2 loss. How? But if you, if, if you pick next week as the, the game to lose... You're still a top four seed, and you don't have a D two loss. I think I think it's yeah. a way to sack state. That's the most respectable. Well, or maybe I don't know. But maybe you take a loss to a team that also isn't going to tie break with you. Yeah, like a mid tier, like a Portland or an NAU. Lose to Portland oh, State <laughs> would be on the road. Oh my god! That summarizes. Uh, actually, hang on. I think. Uh, I had uh, Donovan send us one other, and then we could wrap this show up. Um, so he had did he did ask about Bergen. Um, wondering what the number of passing and rushing yards the Grizz need in order not to seem one-dimensional. I like what Mike said. We need a quarterback to throw the ball like 25 times. Yeah, And I know we were close to that, but like 25 25- – Real passing throws. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm I'm really agnostic at the moment. Like, I don't have a preference between Vidlak and uh, McDowell. Like, Neither do I. I'm neutral. We can tell. <laughs> Whoever gets the job done, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, for sure, yeah. And, but I want, it would be nice to have, like, a, a 1A, I think. It would be. And I don't know that we have that yet. On a fan side, it doesn't feel like it. Maybe the coaches think they do. Mm-hmm. Well, on, uh, probably on a fan side, most of the comment, a lot of the comments we've had feel like it's going to McDowell. I don't think it's. I, I, I just. I. I don't know if I believe that on the coaching side as much. So, that's our questions. Hmm. It's kind of a lackluster week. I. I'm I just, hope that I'm Ferris so, State's a good game. I'm so I, damn tired. Sorry. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get into conference play. Yeah, like, I am too. I think that, you know, the flip side of just this weird preseason schedule is that it's like, it's kind of like, a, you know, you want something to be excited about. Yeah. Will anything interesting happening to you this week, Brent? Uh, no, not so much interesting to me. Uh, how about you, Mike? Nothing I can think of. So next time we get together... I'll either have a lot more time to deal with this, or we'll be in the middle of things. And whatever. Whatever works. Well, I'll close with this, man. I think you're going to do great on Tuesday, and I wish you the very best. I appreciate that. You know, yeah, it's, man. It's been a lot of fun, and I, I've had people ask, like, you know, if when I started the campaign, like, you guys are still going to do the pod? And it's like, yeah, it's Sunday nights with my buddies. Like, this is, like, the only – and I mean it. Like, you got know, Stacy, like, we have been – I feel like I've been to every event you can think of in town. And it's yeah. been a ton of fun to get to know Missoula, even as I didn't know it. And I'm born and raised here. Um, you know, there's a lot of good people. Um, there's good people in this race. It's, I've, I've said all along that uh, this is a good, uh, this is a good thing 
for the democratic process to have is to have good people and to have a conversation and you know i hope to keep being a part of it and i think we've we've worked hard and we'll just see what happens tuesday i actually think missoula really needs a race with good people in it right now because it's facing some difficult and unique challenges and it's going to i think force leaders to really have to pay attention to what the city wants you know like there's competition um in smart awesome folks up on the ballot so i just want to do a pod in the mayor's office and i don't know if any of the other opponents there's probably some rule against oh, that yeah. <laughs> all right sounds good that's all you guys got we're good all right well if uh, we know you we'll definitely see you at some point this week i'm sure if not we'll see you saturday go grizz